Welcome to Mount Ararat Podcast. I'm your host, Adam LaBelle. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show, Mount Ararat Podcast, episode 10. Double digits, baby. We're taking a look at the pro wrestling Noah show, Real Overture in Niigata. That happened on the 17th. It did not get put on Wrestle Universe until today, so here we are talking about it so I can get this podcast out as soon as I can. This is Wednesday the 20th. Normally drop the podcast. I'd like to have it up by now, but definitely by Wednesday evenings. I'll shoot for that, but this may not get up till Thursday, guys. Just It's just an awful quick turnaround, all right? So bear with me. We're jumping in here right away to review this card. From Nagata on the 17th, again, that went up today, Wednesday the 20th, on Wrestle Universe. The first match was Seiki Yoshioka versus Kai Fujimura. Great opener. Look, if you're going to be in an opening match against Pro Wrestling Noah, you absolutely have to be sound in your fundamentals. Because that's what it's about. It's about establishing what Pro Wrestling Noah is and what you're going to see. You're going to see solidly worked wrestling. And Yoshioka and Fujimura pulled that off. And if there's one thing Yoshioka showed here, not that he hasn't in the match before this, but he's definitely back from injury. He is over the injury. There's no sign of him nursing anything or or being a little ginger with anything. He's definitely going out there and giving his all. Kai Fujimura also, as he always does, goes out there and just lights the house on fire with his ability to do things almost flawlessly in a professional wrestling ring. I mean, you're not going to see anything super fancy from Fujimura, but everything he does is going to be as solid as pro- as possible. Uh, while Yoshioka is a little bit of a, of a flashier type of guy, but not overly so. And so this was a well-worked match where both guys gave everything they had at each other, uh, selling everything perfectly fine, working everything perfectly fine, until... see. Um, Seiki Yoshioka came back with his, came in with his crash driver spinning, where he sort of backs up and runs and spins several rotations in the air, nailing his foot on the back of the head and neck of his opponent, in this case, Kai Fujimura, who could not overcome that. Afterwards, Yoshioka even said he's confident he could take anyone out with that move, and that's what a finisher is supposed to do, right? No matter the size, no matter the person, no matter the wrestler, uh, Yoshioka is very confident in this finisher, and he definitely used it in a big way here to start off the show with a big win for the returning Seiki Yoshioka from injury. Nice matchup. Moving on to match number two. Match two from this card on the 17th was Paros de Mal de Hapon, Nosawa Rangai, and Super Crazy, taking on the Congo Juniors, a team that, you know, I'm with my Congo guys, Tadasuke and Hajime Ohara. Now, look, this match was competitive, of course. Um, now, to their credit, to their intelligence, the Congo guys jumped the bell and beat up on Paris de Mall before they could do it because that's what Paris de Mall de Havon is known for, right? Jumping the bell continuously, constantly, nonstop. They don't wait on no damn bell. Congo didn't wait on the bell here. Ohara and Tadasuke went at these boys and never let up. This was a great match. It was competitive. Like I said, Paris de Mall is going to take every chance they can to kick, scratch, claw, bite, do whatever they have to do to stay in this matchup. And that's what uh, Nosawa and Super Crazy did. But it wasn't enough. Um, the Congo guys, Tadasuke and Ohara, were on point here. They looked like the team I figured they would be. 
especially when they challenged for those junior tag belts and came up a little bit short. If they'd have worked that match like they did this one, we'd probably have would have had new junior tag team champions. I mean, watch this and tell me if Tadasuke and Ohara don't look great here. Tell me they don't look on point. Tell me they don't look polished and like a real solid team here. I want to say they dominated here. Again, it wasn't a squash match. I mean, it wasn't that that dominating, but they really led the charge all match long. Paris Del Mall had a small point in the middle of the match where they took some control and actually mocked the Congo, you know, muscle pose where they stand over top their opponents and do the flex. Uh, Paris Del Mall actually imitated that, ripped it off as a way to taunt them, I'm sure. But that's all the real leading of the match that Paris de Mall de Hopalm did. And I'm telling you, Paris de Mall has been a very hot and on-point faction as of late. But here, Congo really took control of this match from the jump, literally jumped the bell, and did not let up and come out victorious as both Tadasuke and O'Hara have um, Nosawa and Super Crazy in submission holds at the, at the end of the match. And they tapped out. That was it. That's how that match ended with the Congo guys having the Paris de Mall guys in submission holds giving up. And they stood there over Nosawa's limp body for a while. Tadasuke has had his foot on the chest of Nosawa. And you know, most of the refs in the business in Japan aren't going to, you know, let, they don't even, the match is over, but they aren't even going to raise a winner's hand if they're doing that. They're not going to do that. They find that disrespectful and dishonorable. But there was a time where, you know, you can see in one of my screen grabs here where that happened. And But at the end, those boys, the Congo boys still stood tall. I was impressed. I enjoyed this match. This is what I expect Tadasuke and O'Hara to look like when they're in a match together. And I hope this is just the beginning of seeing more matches like this from them. Great stuff. On to match three. We're up to match three from April 17th show. And that match saw Daisuke Harada, the five-time GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion, against Alejandro, the ever-increasing and improving, getting more and more spectacular with every match, Alejandro. Since leaving Congo, Alejandro and Hal have been different animals, completely different animals. You always got to be on the edge of your seat when they're in a match. They just could win and beat anybody at any time. They've gotten that much better. I guess the inspiration of leaving my boys Congo have these guys severely motivated. And that was the case here. This was a great match. Daisuke Harada is the better wrestler. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. And at no time in this match did I feel that Alejandro was going to win. But it was very good. It went back and forth. And was very enjoyable, even though, like I said, no, I didn't feel like Alejandro would at any point was was winning this match. I didn't. And that's hard to explain. And you know, okay, then what's the point of watching that match, Adam? Because Alejandro is absolutely must-see since his break away from Congo. Anything everything from his new gear to his more inspired moves to he, he just seems to be generally motivated. I, you can just see the passion flowing through him in all of his matches, same way with Hal. Even though neither one of them have been gotten any major victory since this. And I know maybe that sounds like that doesn't really match what you're saying, Adam, but I promise you that it does. This is a match you don't want to miss. This is a match that had me glued to the screen for the entire thing. When I'm watching a match and I have a hard time taking screen captures, and I've got 11 of them here, so 
you know, it's not like I couldn't do it at all. But when sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I got to get some screen captures for the show, sometimes I can forget that or it slips my mind because I'm so engrossed in a match. And that's how this was in this situation. So I'm telling you, this is an absolute must-see match. It's not a five-star classic, but it's very good. And you can really see Alejandro starting to go places. And look, Daisuke Harada is a measuring stick no matter who he's wrestling. A, a junior, a heavyweight, it doesn't matter. Daisuke Harada is so good that when he's in a match with someone, it's a template to see where his opponent is at in the world of wrestling, and Alejandro continues to go up. So, of course, Daisuke Harada gets the win here uh, and shouts out a message to the Z-Brats afterwards, asking them if they were watching, because in the Noah Jr. regulars, they go head-to-head. -head. And that's important. That's how they prepare. And the Z-Brats don't do things like that. So this is going to help them out when they have the big match on the 29th. This was an excellent match. Harada gets the victory. Match four from April 17th was the Funky Express. All three of them, King Tani, Mohamed Yone, and Akitoshi Saito, taking on Daiki Inaba, Yoshiki Inamura, and Kenya Okada. Now here we have Daiki Inaba, a guy who has really stepped up as of late, bringing on two of the younger guys with him, and Inamura and Okada, taking on a very experienced six-man and two-man tag team faction in the Funky Express. Now, the Funky Express runs so hot and cold. They've been on a pretty good winning streak of late, especially King Tani making major strides, I think, over the last few matches that the Funky Express have had in dominating and really bringing out a little bit of his old self, a little bit of the monster that he used to be, for those of you that can remember those days. Um, and you would think they would have an advantage here against three guys that don't regularly team. You know, they're not a faction, Inaba, Inamura, and Okada. But that wasn't the case here. I mean, first of all, <laughs> Inamura gets in there and actually, you know, you can see videos of him on YouTube, on Noah's YouTube, of him flipping those giant tractor tires or what have you as, as, as forms of exercise, the CrossFit type of stuff that some guys do. He actually gets King Tani in the ring and literally picks him up and flips him like he's one of those tires like three or four times in a row. And King Tani is a big dude. So that was impressive. And it was kind of neat to see a training method, not just building strength, but something he actually is utilizing in the matches. That was different and kind of cool. I like that. Now, don't get me wrong. The Funky Express had their moments. They really did the, the triple team where they get the embarrassing move. You see in uh, World Wondering Stardom a lot where they get the guy um, outside the ropes, draped across the top, and each put a foot on his face, and the other one does something in his back, and they point in the air for a funky pose, if you will. So they, they got that done, and King Tani really did look good again, like the old monster that he used to be, but it wasn't enough here. I mean, Daiki Inaba is really taking charge, and not just in this matchup, but I mean in his career as of late. I think his matches with Marafuji have really pushed him over the edge in regard to being a top-tier pro wrestling Noah star, and I think he's headed towards the top of this company. I mean, how far? I don't know. I'm not saying he's a future GHC heavyweight champion. I'm not ready to go that far. But he's definitely stepped his game up, and he brought along Inamura and Okada. And look, I love watching Okada and um, Mohamed Yone interact, wrestle. When they get, I mean, those two, it's almost like they have a blood feud, but not quite cranked that high. But they really go at each other like two bull in the woods, if you will, daddy. My Dusty Rhodes impression coming at you. Everybody has a Dusty Rhodes, some are better, some are worse. You never know who's going to get funky like a monkey. If you will. 
And here, I mean, these two did the bull of the woods thing, where they, and they always do, going at it to each other like crazy. Now, that was the fun part of this match altogether, though. This was a hoss-style match. And honestly, all four of them, all six of them pretty much are hosses. Daiki Inaba floats somewhere in the middle. He's a heavyweight, big, strong guy, can contend with anybody. But I typically wouldn't consider him a hoss fighter. But here he stepped in and pretty much worked this match like another, like one of the other five that were in this match. And that's just where they just beat each other down and tried to be the one that wore the other team out. And Daiki Inaba, to his credit, led his two young guys to victory here. Daiki Inaba with the DDD on the King Tunny at about just outside the 15-minute mark. So this match was competitive, and it was fun to watch. But the more experienced Funky Express go down. Uh, and they were on a good winning streak. They had looked good there several matches in a row. They really had. They seemed to be coming out of their funk, if you will. Um, but Daiki Inaba and his two young guys, Inamura and Okada, took care of business here in a very surprising but enjoyable matchup. An interesting matchup on match five was the Noah Jr. Regulars took on Stinger. Uh, fighting for the Noah Jr. Regulars is Atsushi, Atsushi Katogi, Yohei, and Junta Miyawaki. And for Stinger, we got Hayata, Yoshinari, Ogawa, and Yasu Takayano. Now, I've questioned Katogi's intelligence to be in this match. His left knee has taken a severe beating over the last two weeks. He really should be resting up in preparation to defend those junior tag team titles in just a few days against Ogawa and a returning Chris Ridgeway. I think it's a pride issue here. Now, this was your typical Stinger matchup. Aggressive, hard-fought, nose-to-nose, just I'll take three shots to get in one good one. This is how Stinger works their matches. And I respect it. I'm not, not knocking it. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. The Noah Jr. regulars jump the bell here. That's beginning to be a theme too. You got teams that, factions, units that will jump the bell and will do it just about every time. Paris Demal is one of them. Another one is Stinger. And their opponents are starting to do it to them. They're just getting wise to their tricks. And that's these, these matches are starting out with wrestlers jumping the bell. I'm not a big fan of that. A couple reasons. Now, I like this match, don't get me wrong, but I'm not a big fan of jumping the bell because when you start a match off brawling and fighting and then go back to wrestling, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, if wrestling's being thrown out the window just so you can brawl and fight around ringside, and then you're going to toss your opponent back in the ring and start delivering arm drags and hip tosses, I, I mean, I can justify it to the point of you're, you're jumping the bell and going outside to try to wear your opponent down so then you can out-wrestle them. But I don't know. It, it doesn't mix well with me. So I'm not a big fan of it, especially if you're not out-and-out rule-breakers, okay? If you're not rudos, if you will, if you're not the bad guys, you know, jumping the bell and then going back to wrestling is a little bit silly to me. Uh, that's about as silly as pro wrestling Noah gets, though. And I, that's certainly not a complaint. I can handle it. But that's what happened here. A bunch of fighting around the ringside and then coming back in inside the squared circle and starting to wrestle. Where, as soon as it looked like the Noah Jr. regulars were in control, and it looked that way for the first couple of minutes, all it took was Ogawa and company, you know, Hayata and Yano, attacking the left knee of Katogi. And that's what they did just about all match long. It was interesting to see someone as mild-mannered, or who you, who I perceive as mild-mannered, as um, Yano, Yasutaka Yano, actually taking Katogi's left knee and wrapping it around the outside ring post three or four times in a row. 
I was impressed with that. Bravo, young guy. Bravo, Yano. Getting in the spirit of the faction of the unit you are now a part of. But it, what amazed me, and, and it, these guys to see, seem to have this kind of thing in the bag. Um, Katogi and Yohei, and Junta Miyawaki was, was with them and did a great job. But especially Katogi and Yohei, they somehow reached deep down in their spirit, in their fighting spirit, and they charge back and, and get wins as a team. As singles matches, that, that doesn't always happen. I've seen them beat down severely by Paris Demol more than once. But when they're teaming together, there's something there's something that they have that, that just comes back from the brink of elimination and win the match. And that's what happened here. Uh, Katogi was dominated because his left knee is gimp. He's got a bad wheel. There's no doubt about it. And look, I saw glimpses of Yohei having a wrist problem. He, gri he gripped and, and, and grimaced his while gripping his wrist more than once, his left wrist. So we got a left wrist giving Yohei problem and a left knee giving Katoge problems. So I, I've questioned, I'm sorry, I'm recording this during the day, during the house construction, my dogs are barking at the construction men. Um, but the, these guys overcame this and won the matchup. So I'm sitting here griping. Yes, Adam, you're griping about Katoge and Yohei working hurt and maybe they shouldn't have done it, but they won the match. Yeah, they did. They do seem to have a spirit as a tag team that is hard to overcome. And I give them credit for that. But I don't know how wise it is to continue to push your spirit, getting you through matches if you have legitimate injuries. And there's no doubt that Katogi's left knee is hurting him. I'm not as positive about Yohei's left wrist. It might be minor. It might have just been a, a quick thing or two in this matchup. But there's no doubt Katogi's knee has been worked over. And you've got a master catch-as-catch-can wrestler like Chris Ridgway coming in. And nine days from now, now, to be fair, it was about 10, 11 days from this match. To get in the ring and try to take your junior tag titles, look, your spirit can only carry you so far. I mean, I mean, your knee joints pop, your knee joints pop. And as a wrestler, you absolutely want to avoid that happening. So I, I still think it looks like trouble for the junior tag team champions. But they've proved me wrong time and again by somehow reaching down deep and finding what it takes to win their matches like they did here. Uh, and, and it didn't look like they were on their way to do it, but they did. So if you like underdog stories, if you like seeing the good guys, you know, overcome adversity, this is the kind of match for you. You want to watch Katogi and Yohei, no doubt about it, because that's what they're all about. This guy just questions how much longer they can keep that up. How much longer can their drive, determination, and spirit help them to overcome in these title matches? We shall soon see. The sixth match, the semi-main event of the April 17th card where it was Naomichi Marafuji and Kotoro Suzuki, a team that I am just enamored with, versus Kaito Kiyomiya and Yuya Susumu. Excellent match. I love this match. Worthy of a co-main event status beyond a shadow of a doubt. Marafuji and Suzuki together were magic. I loved it. I didn't know if it would change either wrestler, but look, honestly, Katoro Suzuki, as much as he's part of Paros Del Mall and seems dedicated to that spot, he's just an honorable wrestler. He's really not an underhanded, you know, win any by any means possible kind of guy. He's a very honorable, straight-laced professional wrestler, and there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, sure, he can have an edge, and he fits in with Paros Del Mall because he can be mean. Yeah, and he likes to torture guys, stretch them out. Absolutely. 
But honestly, him and Marafuji was a team I'd like to see something more of. They they gelled together, they clicked together, they looked really good. Kiyomiya and Susumu, a little bit of an odd pairing as well. You know, you got a Stinger member and teaming with Kiyomiya. Uh, Kiyomiya wrestles with his heart on his sleeve. He's a very emotional guy. Been on a nice winning streak. Not, I mean, he's lost some tag matches and, you know, multi-tag matches, two-man tag matches since Wrestle Kingdom. But I don't know if he's lost a singles match yet, has he? I'm not exactly sure. I don't keep running tracks here of, of guys' records. But he has been on a very positive winning streak since losing in the main event of the Wrestle Kingdom when he teamed with uh, Muto. And here, though, he's on the losing end here because, look, Suzuki just outmatched Susumu in every way. Now, they're facing off on the 29th here in a couple of days at the big show coming up on April 29th, the, the An Innovation Show. And if this was a shade of what's to come and things don't look good for Suzumu, I'm, I mean, he, oh, Suzuki, uh, he didn't dominate him, okay? It's hard to say, but he clearly was the better wrestler here. Susumu got the advantage on Suzuki more than once, but could never put him away. And once Suzuki hit Susumu with his spinning Tombstone pod driver, it was over. Now, Kiyomiya got back to the ring and broke the pinfall up after that, but the ref almost stopped it because Suzumu was that out of it after that. I mean, Marafuji and Kiyomiya got fighting outside the ring, and I'm telling you what, did Marafuji blister Kiyomiya with chops? I mean, of course Marafuji's one of the wrestlers in Pro Wrestling Noah known for having an incredible chop, and he just lit up Kiyomiya with these chops. But to Kiyomiya's credit, you know, you're not going to keep that kid down. I mean, you're not going to beat him easily at all. A singles match between Marafuji and Kiyomiya would be very difficult for me to predict. Marafuji is the senior. Marafuji is much more experienced, but Kiyomiya is definitely the best young wrestler in all of pro wrestling, Noah, and probably one of the top 10 best young wrestlers in the world, if not top five. Uh, but the battle between Susumu and Suzuki was clearly won by Suzuki. And Suzuki even said after the match, you know, you're not in my league. Are you, um, what are you trying to do here? A pathetic guy like you can't beat me. Uh, Sumu Hall, the picture you have in your head of me, I will fill in with the correct information. So just, just taunting, not even taunting Susumu, just basically saying, get out of my way. I'll show you when we face off one-on-one -on -one that everything you think is completely wrong. And that's what he made him look like here. Even though this was a very good match, and like I said, very worthy of co-main event status, very enjoyable. And Marafuji and Suzuki get the win, as I suspected they would, no matter how good Susumu and especially Kiyomiya is. You get two top-tier superstars, and I hate using words that are used in shitty sports entertainment companies, but when you get two guys at top-tier level like um, Suzuki and Marafuji together, that's uh, a pretty tough combination to beat, especially two guys that don't work together very often to overcome, even though Marafuji and Suzuki don't work together very often. But this was a great match. Really enjoyed it. Uh, big win for Suzuki and Marafuji, and I would like to see them team more often. I don't know if we're going to see it, you know, especially what's going to happen with the M's Alliance. Who is the secret partner Marafuji's bringing in for the 30th? We'll talk about that when we review that show next week on Mount Ararat Podcast, Episode 11. Don't miss that. Uh, so I don't want to go heavily into it here. Marafuji's got his own thing going on. So does Suzuki with Paris Del Mall. But down the line, I wouldn't mind seeing those two guys team together again. It was that good. But let's move on to the main event of the evening. Main event time. 
on this show. I've been waiting a couple days to see the April 17th show from Pro Wrestling Noah. And in this main event, we had the biggest names in the company by far. Takashi Segura, Go Shiozaki, Masa Kitamiya, and Hal taking on Kongo, that being Keno, Katsuhiku Nakajima, Manabu Soya, and Niho. This is a main event if there ever was one, guys. Yes, it is an eight-man tag. Yes, I'm not a big fan of that many men in the ring. But when it's guys like this, when it's Congo, I'll watch a 12-man match because it's Congo. Love those guys, man. Wanted to, My wife didn't get the reds washed yet or I'd have been wearing that shirt today. For some reason, we have less red clothing than anything and it's got to get washed last. But I digressed. This match was great. It was 20 minutes long. Back and forth. I love, love, love anytime I get to see Sugi in there with Keno. Those two just have something magic. Something that I, I would just watch those two in one-on-one -on -one matches weeks and weeks, months and months in a row. All year long. Put them in a year-long program. I'll watch every single match every single month. I, I would love it. Katsuhiko Nakajima against anybody. If I've got one complaint, it's that Nakajima should be reigning at the top of pro wrestling Noah. His gimmick is awesome. His charisma is through the roof. He is the man. He found something special in this Congo gimmick. The hooded Assassin's Creed looking type of dude. He really has something there. Not that That's taking nothing away from Go Shiozaki, but I really thought Pro Wrestling Noah was going to take Shiozaki and rebuild him over the next six months to a year, and that would would have been fun and interesting to watch seeing him go in there and putting other guys over and that doesn't mean necessarily always losing but really making guys shine and bring other guys up masochitamia being almost impossible to hurt shaking almost everything off is great stuff i love it manabu soya the enforcer of congo it is time for this man to really become a much bigger force than he's been i mean he's great in all of his matches but he needs to win some more he needs to stand atop fallen foes way more often than he does now the weak links and that's not throwing shade at either one of them but the weakest links of these matches in this match was the juniors of the matches that being Niho and how now we're getting this was a preview match technically because those two are going to be facing off very soon it was also a preview match sort of with Sugi in this match against Kano and Nakajima with but Suzuki wasn't in this match so not really a hundred percent this is more about Niho and how and let me tell you something, Niho of Congo hasn't won a match any time recently where he was facing off with how either singles or um, tag teams or multi-man matches or what have you. And the streak continues here because, look, in a match like this, it's always, almost always going to come down to if you get a powerhouse, if you get one of your biggest names in the ring against the junior the one junior each team had one junior on their side and that's not putting the juniors down many of these juniors can go with the heavyweights i wouldn't say that niho and how are on that level at this point not against these heavyweights my god against some lower mid-card heavyweights maybe but against you know segura shiozaki kitamiya keno nakajima soya there's no way so it's going to always come down to what big-time heavyweight's going to be in the ring towards the end of the match, towards the 15, 20, 25-minute mark with a junior to take him out? And that's what it came down to. Shiozaki nailed Niho with one of his crazy lariats, and that was it. He's not getting up from that. There are some guys who might. 
at least on occasion when they've got when they're full of the fighting spirit. But that Nihos did not getting up from that, and he didn't get up from this, and that gave the win in a great match to Segura, Giozaki, Kitamiya, and how? And it's a big win. Now Niho is so frustrated after this that he lays down another challenge. We've already got a challenge on the 29th coming up. Um, I preview that in the next segment. A little bit of a spoiler coming up in the later segments here. Uh, Niho's so frustrated in the back after this loss that he not only wants to wrestle how for their names, meaning the loser has to pick a new name to go by in professional wrestling. Big deal, especially in Japan where things like that are really honored and traditional and mean something. Not only that, Niho wants to make this a hair versus hair match. I mean, he's so frustrated and so determined to humiliate Hal for leaving Congo the way he did that he's just throwing challenges out there. First, the name challenge, and now to add to it, a hair challenge, which Niho accepted. So now, when these two face off on the 29th, which we're going to preview next, it's going to be a name versus name and a hair versus hair match. Boy, the loser's really going to be humiliated here. So this match should be something because both guys are going to be super motivated. But this was a terrific main event. This is going to be the last Pro Wrestling Noah professional wrestling card that I, that we, that any of us are going to see for the next nine days because I'm filming this as of April 20th. Nine days with no Pro Wrestling Noah show. Huh. Then we're going to get two great ones in a row. But that means next week on Mountain Ararat Podcast, I'm going to review... The April 30th show, the Majestic show, on April 30th, because next we're going to review the show on the 29th. And I'll bring you the Noah news. I'm not going to have any matches to review on Mount Ararat Podcast episode, episode 11. Yeah, should I review something old? Should I fill that review segment with something else? Throw it out there. Should I tell you who my favorite Noah wrestlers are and why? Maybe I could break down Congo. I don't know. Or should I just make a short episode where I where I simply preview the 30 and bring in the Noah news and leave it at that. And instead of being roughly, you know, an hour and a half, two hours long, would probably only be an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And I'll probably just do that unless somebody out there really throws something out there that they really would like to see me do. Not sure what that would be. But we're going to move along now. This was a great show. I'd give this show, as, you know, an 8 out of 10. Um, it's a lower on my scale for Pro Wrestling Noah because there were no super single matches that really lit the world on fire this was you know this is a sort of a, a small preview show seven match show to get you ready and, and primed up for the 29th and the 30th and now we've got to wait nine and ten days respectively for those shows to come out i'm not a patient man pro wrestling no <laughs> This is the best wrestling in the world. WrestlingDoneRight.com will tell you all about it, give you all the links you need to help you know how best to follow Pro Wrestling Noah as a non-Japanese speaker. But thank you for joining me for this segment, for this review. I hope you enjoyed it. Had to wait a couple days for the show to come out. It, they, they, this show happened on a Sunday. It was not available to watch till Wednesday. So here I am reviewing, and that's why this podcast is probably going to be at least a day late coming out. Probably hit hit uh, YouTube sometime on Thursday tomorrow at this point, okay? Uh, thank you for your support. Stay tuned, because we are going to the preview section of the, of the podcast next, and we'll wrap up with the weekly NOAA news with help from Hisami's site, the NOAA Archive. We'll be right back. Welcome to the preview portion of of Mount Ararat Podcast, Episode 10. Folks, we were going to preview two shows. 
this episode. But because if we do that, the next episode, episode 11 of Mount Ararat Podcast, there'd be nothing to preview. Nothing to preview. Nothing. Because these two shows are back-to-back and so far ahead of where we are today, date-wise, because this is I'm recording this on the 19th of April, and these shows are the 29th and the 30th, 10 and 11 days away, perspectively. I can't review both because, again, there'd be nothing to review on episode 11. So we're going to save the April 30th show for my Goku to review on the next episode next week. And we're going to jump into the end innovation show from April 29th right now. Okay. The opening match for that show is a Kotu Hidaka taking on Kai Fujimura. What a great opener. Now, a Kotu Hidaka is a freelancer. He comes in and out of Noah when he's needed, when Paros de Mal de Hopon calls upon him, as he is a member of that unit. Um, and here he is to take on the young guy, Kai Fujimura, who hasn't been improving greatly, especially in his tag team with Alejandro. I'm a big fan of that tag team. They do wonders together. Although in the recent Noah the Home, they were on opposite sides of the ring for a change. And you can check out my review of that show here on the YouTube channel as well. Just look for Noah the Home review. Um, But this match should be excellent. It should be a great opener. Kai Fujimura is very, very emotional. He really puts his heart on the line in everything that he does. He wants to win every match, just like, of course, everybody does, wants to win every match. But I'm telling you, he really shows it in everything that he does. You can just see his passion in his wrestling, 100%. Hidaka's going to come in here very confident. Very confident. And I think that could cost him here. Now, you guys know me, who've been following this podcast for very long at all. You know that every match where a young boy or young guy, as I call them, young boy just sounds... Weird. I know that's traditionally what they're called. Just sounds like an insult to me in some way in my American language, okay? Mm-hmm. Calling a man a boy. So I like to call them young guys. This young guy, Kai Fujimura, is, you know, I'm always ready for the big win from any one of these young guys. I'm always hoping for it. I'm always rooting for it. And I think that's part of the appeal of young guys in professional wrestling. You know, you're just waiting. When are they going to step up? When is it going to be their time? Now, Fujimura and Alejandro's won some junior tag... No, I almost said titles, not the titles, for crying out loud. Some junior tag matches. Some good ones. Uh, So he's been on the victorious side of bouts numerous times. I'm going to predict he gets a win here. Now, it would be an upset, and it's no disrespect to Hidaka at all. I appreciate Hidaka and the hard work that he puts in when he comes into pro wrestling. Noah, I do. But I'm going with my heart here over my head, because it would be no shocker if Hidaka wins this at all. Plus, Hidaka's willing to, to get underhanded and win by hook or by crook by any means necessary, right? I just... I'm just going to go with my heart here and pick the winner as Kai Fujimura, just because that's what I'd like to see, knowing full well that I could be completely wrong. Next up, we've got the returning Slex, the former MCW heavyweight champion, the first ever MCW at Melbourne City Wrestling, not the Maryland Championship Wrestling that yours truly used to commentate for a while back. Um... Slex coming in here, a world traveler. This man has been to New Japan. He has been to Ring of Honor. And now here he comes to Pro Wrestling Noah. And that is going to give him a big advantage over Yasu Takayano, even though here's another young guy that I'm a big fan of and always want to root for and hope they pull the upset and get the big win, which Yano has pinned uh, 
No Sauron guy, twice. Yano has gotten some victories in tag team matches, so it's not like he's a complete loser. But as much as I would like to do what I did in the last match, well, you know, and I would argue that Yano is further along and a better wrestler than Fujimura is, but Slex is also a bigger deal than Hadaka. No, no disrespect to Hadaka, but in my opinion, Slex is just a bigger name, a bigger deal, and more, not more experienced, but just more of a spotlight kind of guy, right? If Hadaka loses his match, which again, he probably won't, but I'm predicting with my heart, um, it doesn't really hurt him. Not really, in my opinion. Slex returning, the guy Gene coming back to pro wrestling, Noah losing to a young guy would hurt him pretty badly. But that's not even the main reason I'm predicting Slex to win this match. He's just a better wrestler in this situation. As much as I like Yano, and as much as I would be fine with Yano winning this match, it would tickle me. I just don't see it happening. But they'll put on a good show, no doubt about it. We're two matches in here, and this show's already a banger, in my opinion. It's two wonderful matches to start off. They aren't, you know, highly important matches, but they should be fun. They should be competitive, they should be emotional, and they should get you ramped up for the meat of this, which is coming up with this next match. Kotoro Suzuki versus Yuya Sasumu. These two guys have hated each other for years. Go back sometime, folks, when Yuya Sasumu turned on Kotoro Suzuki. Suzuki has had it out for Sasumu ever since. Uh, they've had a matches here or there. There now, we got Suzuki, part of Paris de Mall. We got Susumu, part of Stinger. That always adds to the situation when you got those two units against each other. Um, this is going to be tight. This is going to be hard-hitting. This is going to be emotional, like I said. This is going to be a war. And Katoro Suzuki is not one of the members of Paris de Mall that likes to pull out of a dirty bag of tricks. Not saying he'd never do something like that, but he's not a big, he's a very honorable wrestler. And I think he's the better wrestler here. And I'm a Susumu fan. I really am. I like Susumu's look. I like Susumu's style. I really think he's a top-notch professional wrestler. Absolutely. I just think Katoro Suzuki's a step better. Maybe a half a step, probably a whole step. And again, it's no disrespect to Susumu. It's just... Uh, much, much respect to Katoro Suzuki, who's one of the best junior heavyweights in the entire world. And I really don't think there's any doubt about that. I really don't. Next up, we've got Paros de Mall taking on the Congo Juniors, joined by Shuji Kondo of Dragon Gate, which is very interesting. I think that gives Congo uh, a great advantage here. Shuji is a very talented professional wrestler. He's very strong. You put his strength with Tadasuke, and you've got something fierce there. And then you've got Hajime Ohara, who's just incredible. I, I don't, I think he's undervalued greatly by Noah. And that's no disrespect to Noah. I just, you know, at one point, Hajime was considered one of the best juniors in the world, the way someone like Daisuke Harada is now. He really was. I don't know what caused him to fall from grace a little bit. Um, but he did. But he's still remarkable. Him and him and Tadasuke, I'm shocked they didn't win the, the junior tag titles. I really am. And now they got Kondo with them. But, but, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Paros de Mall, Super Crazy, and Osawa Rongai have their newest member, Takano. Takano is a hell of a wrestler. He really reminds me sort of of modern-day Stan Hansen. 
And I, I don't throw that out lightly because I am a great respecter and fan of Stan Hansen. And now I'm not saying he's on that level. He's definitely not on that fame level or anything like that. But he reminds me of him to a degree. And that's a really big deal. I really think that Takano could be a major star. He was in Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground was good, in my opinion, when it first started. It went way over the top and got ridiculously corny as it went along, in my humble opinion. I mean, ripping hearts out of people's chests and wrestlers uh, teleporting and wrestlers being 1,000 years old and what, all the other stuff they did. Joey Ryan working as an undercover cop character. Oh, I digress, but Takano was great there. Takano is great anywhere he's ever been. I am a big fan of Takano, Takano but you know I'm a Congo guy. I should have worn my Congo shirt today. I think it's in the wash. My wife seems to wash red clothing last, afraid of bleeding into others. Um, but I'm a big fan of Takano, so this match is going to be interesting. I, it comes down to, you know, who's the weakest link in all of this? That's a tough call. I mean, that's a tough call. Some people are going to say super crazy just because he's modified his style and he's not this flippy fast guy he used to be. Some people will say Nosawa. Now, Nosawa is a weak link, in my opinion, because his patient run thin. He'll want to use furniture, rip up the, the, the entrance ramp, whatever he has to do if his team feels like his team is in peril. That's why he's the weak link, in my opinion, and could lead to a disqualification here. I could easily see Kondo and Osawa getting into it out of the crowd, getting counted out, something ridiculous like that. But I could also see those two fighting into the crowd, leaving the match between Super Crazy and Takano against Tarasuke and Ohara. And I would argue that as much as I like Takano, Ohara and Tadasuke are a better team. They're more oiled, they're more polished, they're more experienced together than Takano and Super Crazy, even though I'm a big fan of Takano. So I'm going to say... The Noah Juniors and Shuji Kondo win this matchup. My little dog, my little Cavachon puppies upstairs barking. You have to pardon me if you hear that. Again, the house right outside this wall is being renovated. They aren't doing any sawing or anything, but my dogs still know they're out there. So bear with me as we jump into this next match. This is Loser Must Pick a New Name. Now, I know some American fans might be like, the hell's that about? Look, both of these guys were Congo members. Uh, Niho still is. Hal decided to leave Congo and join the Noah Junior regulars. Tell that story real quick in case you're new here. Um, Congo's a big deal. The Congo argument from Niho is that, look, that that is a Congo name. Hal is not something you should still go by. We gave you that. You left us. Pick another name. Hal is like, no, no, I established myself in pro wrestling Noah under this name, and I'm going to keep it. So we have a match. The loser must choose a new name. Now, these guys are pretty much equal in the ring. I think Niho's a little bit more experienced. He's definitely been in, in um, pro wrestling Noah a lot longer than Hal. But Hal, since leaving Congo, and again, Congo are my boys, so I'm not insulting them here, but when since Hal left that unit, He's been quite the star. He's been really stepping up. Now, he did just get beat by Daisuke Harada on Pro Wrestling Noah the Home. Again, you can watch my review on, on, on another playlist here on the channel. Um, not handedly, but he, he lost, obviously, put it that way. Um, it was never really close, even though Hal didn't wrestle badly and it wasn't a squash match. Niho is no Daisuke Harada. And that's no insult to, to Niho, who is. Very few juniors are on that level. 
but I would argue Niho probably has the edge here. He is an honorable Congo member. I, I think he there's too much pride on the line here. I sort of agree with his argument that Hal maybe should have picked a different name when he left the organization, when he left Congo unit. That's just my opinion. And for those reasons, I'll pick Niho to win here. I, I think he needs to win. I think Congo needs him to win. And because I think it's almost foolishness for Niho to pick another name. Excuse me. That's my opinion. So I'm going to go with Niho here because I just think... I hate using insider terms like this. I just think storyline, angle-wise, it makes more sense for Niho to win. And how to really continue his outburst, his, his uprising from leaving Congo with a new name. I just think that suits and works well in that situation. We'll see. Next up, we got Siki Yoshioka. Returning from an injury, he's only had one or two matches since his return. I think his second one is he's wrestling on the show. I didn't look at the results from Sunday because I'm, I want to watch that show fresh tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. You can watch that on Wrestle Universe. I'll be reviewing that show um, tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Uh, if you have Wrestle Universe, you can watch it whenever you want. After tomorrow at 5 a.m., it'll be on demand. But here comes Siki Yoshioka back from, a, from breaking his heel of one of his one of his feet, taking on Extreme Tiger. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know much about Extreme Tiger. I did use the Google machine to look him up. You know, he's another solid Lucha guy who's been wrestling for a few years um, under a, a couple different names. He actually went by Tiger Mask with Tiger spelled with a Y, I believe. Uh, real original. I'm not knocking him, but I'm glad he didn't stick with that. Um, he was His biggest success was an Impact TNA when it was called TNA. Back then, he's a former X-Division champion. That's the most I know about him. That's really the most information I could find about him. Um, Saiki Yoshioka is just coming off of a GHC Junior Tag Team Championship with Yuya Susumu. They had the belts taken from them when Saiki was injured. So I think those two still have a claim on those titles and should get a rematch for those titles against whoever the champions are at that time when they step up and step forward with that. I think they deserve that. Um, I think Yoshioka is going to be motivated here. Uh, Extreme Tigers, another guy, Gene, coming in. Great news. I love when these guys come in. That, that just helps pro wrestling know worldwide. But I'm going to pick my boy Yoshioka. I think he needs it more. I think he probably wants it a little bit more. Um, and a guy, Gene, coming in and losing their first match isn't the end of the world. The point is they're in pro wrestling, Noah. They've arrived. They, they, it's a big deal. Win or lose, they're here. So, I, I, you know, Extreme Tiger losing this isn't a big deal. He, he's a part of the roster now. That's the big deal. But this will be a good match. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Former X Division Champion Extreme Tiger taking on our boy, pro wrestling, Noah's boy, Seiki Yoshioka. Now, here comes a match that could easily be the main event. If it wouldn't be for the junior tag titles and the junior heavyweight title, singles title, both being on the line in this show, this would be the main event. There is no doubt in my mind. <clears throat> Invading pro wrestling Noah from Dragon Gate are the Zebrats. Now, I've mentioned before on former podcasts, these guys play this role great. I don't like using like acting terms for pro wrestling because pro wrestling is not acting, no matter how much Chris Bay wants to argue with me about that on Twitter. <laughs> it just, just isn't. <clears throat> 
if it is, pro wrestlers are terrible actors for the most part. It's just not the same thing. But I digress. Uh, but these guys, I'm talking HYO, SB Kento, and Shun Skywalker are excellent brats. You just want to smack these guys. Just look at this promo picture. You just want to crack them, don't you? You just want to smack them. You just want to shake them. They just look like jackasses, right? It's like, who are these goofs coming in here asserting their dominance, saying that they're going to teach the Noah Jr. regular some kind of lesson? Really? I mean, I have never rooted for the Noah Jr. regulars more in my life than right now because these Z-brats are taking on Junta Miyawaki, Alejandro, and the leader of the NOAA Junior Regulars, the five-time GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion, Daisuke Harada himself. Now, Daisuke, Alejandro, Miyawaki were attacked by these Z-Brats a few shows back. They've never really gotten their full revenge. Uh, Miyawaki had a match against HYO and lost. So he's more motivated than ever. I like Miyawaki. He's another super emotional guy. I think he has to gain a little bit more control over his emotions because I think that's probably his biggest weakness. But he shouldn't lose them. I'm not saying he should lose those emotions at all. One of the most super emotional guys in all of professional wrestling. And I don't just mean like negative emotions. I mean that he's excited. He cries when he loses. He screams when he's hurt. He yells when he charges a guy. I mean, he is just, he's awesome. I really like Junta Miyawaki. I can't wait until he's further up the charts than being a young guy here. Um, but he's going to be as motivated as anybody here. I think the Noah Jr. regulars win this match. The Noah Jr. regulars have to win this match. You can't let this Dragon Force, Dragon Gate Force come in and rule the day. I mean, this isn't the days of the NWO here. We're talking about three guys legitimately from another company coming into pro wrestling Noah and being like, oh, no, we're just, you guys are, who are you? We know Daisuke Hirata. We don't know these other two guys. Come on. They, they can't let this stand. If they lose here, <clears throat> that's going to be embarrassing. So I don't see any way they lose here. And if they do, we'll talk about it when I review the show and when I think about it. I just, I just can't see it, but we'll see. Next up, we've got three guys I know the least about on this entire show. We've got Dragon Bane. Alpha Wolf and Ninja Matt, Ninja Mac, in a three-way match. Not a big fan of three-way matches. Look, they, they hardly ever make sense. One guy lays around while two guys wrestle. That, that's what a three-way match is. It almost what it has to be. Three guys can't wrestle each other at the same time, not for any length of time. So you know, what are you gonna do? But this is pro wrestling, Noah. I'll give it as much support as I can. Dragon Bane Al and Alpha Wolf are two Lucha guys. I, look, I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I don't mean to be offensive when I say this. I don't watch Lucha Libre. Now, if there's some Lucha stuff on shows I watch, of course I watch it. If there's Lucha in pro wrestling, Noah, of course I watch it. I would make the argument that Lucha inside pro wrestling, Noah, is toned down to a degree that I can handle it and respect it. I don't like matches where all these incredible moves exist in the match and they don't hurt anybody you know flips and dives and twists and turns and tope suicidas and tope nine octagons and all the names the next caliber from aew yells out every week that's great but if guys just kick out of every one of them after when they look like they should be maimed that just it gets on my nerves it's not fun it's not exciting it's not evolved it's nonsense 
Now, I have communicated with Ninja Mac on Twitter, and he made a comment on one of my YouTube videos here, Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Noah Network here on YouTube. Ninja Mac commented. Now, the only thing he said on YouTube was bet. That's based on the on the little conversation we had on Twitter when I said I don't really like flippy guys and who don't use psychology in their matches, and he told me to give him a chance and just wait and see what he can do. Basically, you know, accepting my challenge that these type of guys can't wrestle or won't wrestle. I'm not saying can't. They won't wrestle the style that I love, the King's Road style, okay? Telling stories in the ring. Moves matter. Moves do damage. You sell moves. And you don't hit gigantic, ridiculous car crash moves unless you're ending the match with one. Now, does some of that stuff slip through in Noah once in a while? Yes, yes. I saw the genius of the arc, Mr. Marafuji himself, pile drive Daiki Inaba on the ring apron, and the match kept going. So it happens in pro wrestling Noah from time to time, and I don't like it, and I will say that I don't like it when I see it. But it's not something that's habitual. It's not something that's constant. Uh, but I worry about this match being one of those ridiculous AEW-style matches. Now, if you like AEW, great. Go watch it. I begrudge you not. I don't watch it. And I don't like it. And I don't want to see anything reflective of it in Pro Wrestling Noah. Can these guys give me a match that doesn't do that? Ninja Mac has pretty much laid it down to me that he can and he will. And that I'm just supposed to watch and see. Just bet. Bet that he can't. That's slang for something you may not understand. It's American slang where you say to somebody like, oh... Your car's a piece of junk. I, I, I probably can't break 60 miles an hour. And a guy looks at you and says, yeah, bet. You know, it's just a slang term like, bet on that. Put your money where your mouth is. So, Ninja Mac, if you give me the match that I like. And no, it's not just about me. It's about pro wrestling Noah and King's Road. And not being nonsensical. And being wrestling done right. Then, brother, I'll be the first one on this camera when I review this show to say this guy's the man. Ninja Max the man. I will be on here eating humble pie with a spoon and a fork. You can count on that. Now, who's going to win this? I'm going to predict my man, Ninja Mac. The guy who's been in communication with me, I'm somewhat of a fan of him now, and I've hardly seen him work. Yeah, I heard he got destroyed by Brian Cage in Ring of Honor show that Tony Khan booked. Not watching that. Um, it's another story. But Ninja Mag, you've been cool enough to interact with me even when I was questioning what kind of matches you're going to put on. So you've gained my respect, brother. I hope your style and your work continues to earn it. We'll see. I'm picking Ninja Mac to win this match. Now we're getting into the two main events. The co-main event of the night for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles, the champions, Atsushi Katogi and Yohei, te teaming up to face Stinger, Yoshinora Agawa, and the returning guy, Gene, another guy, Gene, and, and this one in a main event, brother, Chris Ridgway. Chris Ridgway. Brother, I always talk about being a Congo guy, but let me tell you what I was before I was Congo, and I... M, the foundation. And you can talk to your founder, John Gresham, who dubbed me that himself. I have it highlighted on WrestlingDoneRight.com. The tweet is right there. Something I'll always treasure and like whenever John Gresham himself said he 
loved my passion for pro wrestling and said, you are the foundation. I'm claiming my stake in that and saying, Ridgeway, I am the foundation. Even before I was Congo, you know, Keno's not officially dubbed me that bummer, but brother, I'm pretty certain, right? You are a member of the foundation. Those of you who don't know who the foundation was, they're pure wrestlers from the old ring of honor. Uh, guys who wrestled a pure style, no gaga, no hijinks, just straight up catches, catch, can style pro wrestling. Uh, Chris Ridgway is a member of that unit to whatever's left of it since Ring of Honor sold. I don't know. Sad. Um, but teaming with Ogawa, who, who is just mean, mean as a snake, but can wrestle, catches, catch, can, can wrestle the foundation style as good as anybody against two pretty good Junior tag champions. Now I say pretty good because, look, guys, you can't deny in single matches, these guys have struggled a little bit. Now, Yohei's developed his dropkick to a lethal force to where he's dropkicking guys in the face in ending matches. And Katoge spent time in the heavyweight division a little while back that has given him immeasurable experience and benefit. And as a tag team, they're much better than they are as singles, at least as of late. They have managed to hold on to those titles and, again, two challenges... And here's their third. Now, this is a big one. And this is going to be, you know what? I want to say it's hard for me to predict, but my head and my heart is strongly with Ogawa and Ridgeway here. I just think Ogawa and Ridgeway are on another level. And, and, and nothing against Yohei and Katogi. But if Yohei and Katogi win this, I'm going to have to apologize when I review the show because I'm not really giving the champs a whole lot of respect in the last couple of reviews. I just, I'm not. And it's not intentional. I'm not like, I don't respect them. Not like that. But I've expected them to lose these titles a few times. I think every time. <laughs> I don't know. They just don't. I, I, Katogi and Ohara was a better team, you know. Yohei, I don't know who did he, I know he used to team with Hayata years back, and they were a hell of a team. But I don't know. I know a lot of you ladies like Yohei. I know you're into how he looks and probably Katogi too, but especially a lot of stuff online about the women with Yohei. Uh, and that's great. I, I don't, again, like AEW fans, don't begrudge you that at all. But I don't, they're just, Ogawa and Ridgeway are rough and tumble and badass and cool. And Katogi and Yohei look like a boy band to me. That doesn't mean I don't like or respect them. It just, I don't know, it just seems like a mismatch to me. It seems like Ogawa and Ridgeway should win this matchup, and that's what I'm predicting. Finally, the main event. Another one of the ladies' favorite, Hayata. Challenging for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion against the champion from Paros de Mal de Japon, Eita. Now, Ata's been running his mouth quite a bit, saying he's the best champion ever, that he's the reason this show's going to be packed with fans, maybe even sell out, that he's the draw, that he is the attraction, and that he's retaining here without a problem. I don't know, though. That little shampoo crap they pulled on Hayata, as goofy as I thought that was, and still kind of do, it lit this man on fire. Let me tell you, Hayata has been, he's quiet, he doesn't talk a lot, but he has been just on fire. He has just been winning matches. He has beaten Ata seriously, cut him open where he had to be bandaged for several weeks across his head, uh, rubbed the blood from Ata's head all over the GHC junior heavyweight belt and dropped it ac across Ata and left it there. Um, 
in other matches, even not against Eita, Hayata has been meaner. He has been a bigger force. He has been doing like outside the ring work. He's clearly angry and it's going to be hard to predict against him. It really is. But Eita really gained a lot of my respect as champion. I mean, he really seems to honor that championship. He really seems to be proud of it. And a lot of times, Paris de Mall, in their attempt to be the bad guys, you know, don't really care about anything, don't really respect anyone or anything. But here, I really get the feeling that Eita greatly respects his position as the junior heavyweight champion. I think he loves having that belt, and I think he wants desperately to keep it. But again, there's Hayata coming in meaner, tougher, badder than he's ever been. He really is more motivated to beat somebody's ass than I've ever seen him. He's always just relied on his skill to win matches, which is great. But here he's going to rely on skill, passion, anger, and determination. But you know what? I'm picking Ata to retain. I'm picking Ata to win this match. And I, I really don't know why other than it's just a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling that while Hayata has beaten Ata down and out uh, several times, maybe those emotions are going to cost Hayata. Maybe Ata comes in here a little more calm and looking for revenge from that beatdown, which he's never really fully gotten. I really don't know what's making me lean that way. But I'm going with what my head and my heart are making me feel and think right now, and that is Ata retains this championship. And... The N Innovation Show ends with Paris de Mall celebration. Now, is that a victory for the Noah Juniors? Well, I, I don't know. That's up to you. Uh, I don't think the Noah Juniors, I think if they win their match against the Zebrats, that's their victory. And Hayata, while he isn't, you know, a bad guy per se, he's not really palling around with the Noah Junior regular. So I don't see him winning it and celebrating with Harada and those guys. Maybe I'm wrong. But I really, he's Stinger. He'd celebrate with them. But I think Eita really plants his flag as a great champion here, retaining to end this show. Could be wrong. We'll have to wait and see. But that's my preview of Majestic 2022 and Innovation Show from Ryogoku on April 29th. It is 10 days from the date of this recording. Up next will be the news of Noah. For the week, we'll be back with that segment to close the show. Stay tuned. All right, folks, we have arrived at the final segment of this week's show, episode 10 of Mount Ararat Podcast, where we're going to cover the weekly Noah news, thanks to Haisami and her Noah's archive, as you can see here on your screen. Noah's archive is always linked in the description of this video. So make sure you check it out. We're going to go over Hisami's weekly NOAA newsletter, volume 168, for the week of April 17th. I'm recording this on the 20th. It will be out by the end of this week because the show that I reviewed at the beginning of this episode did not come out until today, until Wednesday. I'll get it done and get it up as soon as I can, guys. But we're on the final segment here. Take a look at the news coming out of Pro Wrestling Noah, thanks to Haisami this week. The GHC heavyweight match signing and Fujita's apology. At the press conference match signing held in Tokyo on the 13th of April, 
Kazuki Fujita decided to apologize to Go Shiozaki for going berserk after drinking highballs by standing and bowing his head. He held this for 15 minutes. And after Shiozaki left, sat down and drank more beer. Shiozaki, who answered the best he could to questions that the reporters asked, despite the looming presence of Fujita next to him, eventually got up, bowed, and exited. Later, Shiozaki said that he didn't know if Fujita meant his apology or not, but he wasn't going to tolerate a repeat of what happened in the title match. If Kendo Kashin was going to be Fujita's second, then his luggage and anything he bought the ringside needed to be searched. Now, this is the idea that's simply being shown and not just suggested that this highball, which is basically Japanese whiskey, from what I understand, in a can, um, was given to Vegeta in that uh, mixed tag team matchup where he went crazy and beat everybody up, including his own partners, beat up Segura and everybody, and just went crazy after drinking these highballs. And Shiozaki's saying, look, he doesn't know if his apology is serious or not, but no matter uh, if Cashin is going to be the ring second, Anything he has is going to be have, have to be searched so that he doesn't have these high balls or, or something similar. You see, Cashin's goal is to make Fujita into a monster. You know, he doesn't want Fujita going all honorable and being all Mr. Pro Wrestling Noah. You know, he doesn't want that. So we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to think of this. Fujita is a badass. I know there are people that don't like him. I know there are people who blame him for Noah's attendance not being higher. I'm not one of those people. I'm not out here saying or insisting that Fujita is a major draw, but I just, I think he deserves respect. And this drinking thing, I don't know what to make of that. I understand that that seems to, you know, loosen him up. How could a few drinks, even of whiskey, make a person so wild? I don't know. I'm not you know, poo-pooing this idea. I just don't completely get it. But this should be a great matchup for sure, no matter. Now here's a quote from Ada for the news of the week. To be clear, I have no intention of wrestling a good match. I'll just destroy Hayata thoroughly and protect this belt. So Ata is saying in his quote here that he's not coming out to have a five-star matchup. He's coming out to destroy Hayata. Hayata actually attended the match signing for the GHC Junior Heavyweight title and spoke only to say that the next champion is me. So at this press conference, Hayata spoke, but that's the only sentence he said. The next champion is me. Hayata, infuriated by the fact that this hypocrite wasn't talking, vowed to destroy Hayata on the day of the match. So we're going to have to wait on this match. I've already previewed that match. I've told you who I thought my winner is going to be. We'll have to see if I was right. We'll have to see if Aito was right here. This match is going to be amazing, and this these short comments that both these guys made are proof of that. Here's a quote from Kent, uh, Kenta, or Keno, sorry, not Kenta. That's a, that's a story coming up. Uh, Stop the old men, Keno, the Seguri Army, Katsuhiku Nakajima, and the GHC heavyweight tag match signing. In typical style, Keno met with his opponents at the match signing and proceeded to call Takashi Segura an old man who just jokes around. Although he did admit that Segura was strong. 
Keno had good reason to say this after losing the pre-match singles to him, something that Katsuhiko Nakajima reflected that they had both lost. Keno to Segura and himself to Hideki Suzuki. Now, the loss that Nakajima is talking about was in a mixed tag match. It wasn't in a singles match. They went to a draw there. Um, Hideki Suzuki pointed out to Keno that while four champions in Noah might be considered old men, he himself was in fact the youngest in the Segura army, something he wanted his young opponent to be mindful of. Segura and Suzuki probably reinforced to Keno just what he was saying, as by the end of the match signing, they mimicked Keno and Nakajima by saying what he said, just as Keno and Nakajima had done themselves. Not exactly sure what that's implying there, but Keno is often, you know, puts the old men of the company down. And he's saying him and Nakajima are coming to save the company from old men. And Suzuki's saying he's not an old man. You know, that there are champions in Noah that can be considered old men, but he's not one of them. So we'll have to see how that matchup goes. Uh, I will preview this match and give you my prediction on it next week. Again, we're doing that because if I don't, I'll have nothing to preview next week. So we're saving the April 30th show to preview next week. Keno has also started a YouTube channel. If you have not seen that, I'll put the link in the description of this video as well. Keno announced that he has started his own YouTube channel. He says that he has done this as a way to reach young people, who he says do not Google things anymore as they just want to watch videos, and to introduce both himself and Noah. His other reason for doing this is that he says he's been censored in interviews by stating facts that make people uncomfortable. Hey, join the club, Keno. I got people that get annoyed with me because I just share my opinions about wrestling in general. I try to stick to pro wrestling, no, as much as I can. But once in a while, there's just something out in the wrestling world that I have to speak to. And if I think it's not a good thing or if I think it's a bad thing, I say that. So I'm, I'm Congo all the way. Um, and he wants his own platform where this will not happen. So I love this idea. His other ambitions are to get more followers than Noah official YouTube. Now that would be funny. And to overthrow Logan Paul. <laughs> I don't care about Logan Paul, but I think it's a little comical he threw him in there. So Keno, support Keno's YouTube channel. Again, the link will be in the description here. And I love his commentary as to why he's starting this channel. It's great stuff. Um, although again, I don't care about Logan Paul. Ultimo Dragon announces a Mexican training camp. Ultimo Dragon has announced that he will be opening a training camp in Mexico for both Noah's young wrestlers and Dragon Gate's young wrestlers as well. He won't be teaching more overseeing operations. So he's not the teacher of the school, but he'll be overseeing it. But he may teach if he finds someone who inspires him. So if you go to this school and you impress Ultimo, Ultimo Dragon, he may personally teach you. So that's interesting. Noah's director, Narihiro Takata, Takita, says they have a candidate in mind and will set the wheels in motion this spring. So Noah has someone in mind to send to this school. That's pretty interesting. Um, Ultimo Dragon hopes that both Noah and Dragon Gate will be working very closely with, with each other, both at the training camp and in reality. That's something good will be born of this. The name of the camp will be Toriyoman... Casa. I probably butchered that, sorry. So that's interesting. Now, Ultimo Dragon's one of the greatest junior heavyweights of all time uh, and just great wrestler overall. And the fact that he's going to be overseeing this and possibly teaching someone that inspires him 
something is definitely keep an eye on. It's something be exciting. He's trying to help Pro Wrestling Noah and Dragon Gate work together. I don't watch Dragon Gate. I can't comment on it. I have nothing against it. I don't know enough about it to have anything against it. But um, I find it very interesting that Noah and Dragon Gate are going to be working closely together and that Ultimo Dragon wants to see that happen even more so. Want to see what that means for both companies, especially Pro Wrestling Noah going forward. The last pre-matches before Sumu Hall. The last event before Sumu Hall was held on the 17th of April, the show I just reviewed in the first segment of this episode here. As Kazuyuki Fujita and Eita were absent, the GHC Heavyweight and GHC Junior have fought their last pre-matches, and it was only the GHC Junior Tag and the GHC Heavyweight Tag who finished off tonight. The GHC Heavyweight Tag pre-match, which combined Hao and Niho argument, was fought between Takashi Zagura, Goji Ozaki, Masakitamiya, and Hao versus Kongo, Keno, Katsuhiku Nakajima, Manabu Soya, and Niho. It was won not by Hao or Niho or Sagura, Keno or Nakajima, but by Goji Ozaki with a massive lariat on Niho. Nothing is left now but the title match. So the show we previewed, that I previewed in the first segment of this episode, was the last pre-match of seeing guys that are going to face each other on the 29th and 30th. And Hisami's pointing out here that it was Goji Ozaki, the man wrestling for the GHC Heavyweight Championship, that was left standing in the last pre-match, the last match between those that are in bigger matches on the 29th and 30th. And Giozaki stood tall there. The final GHC Junior Tag pre-match was usual chaos, not to mention Yoshinura Ogawa debuting his new long leather jacket, which set fans into a meltdown. That's interesting. I, I'm a big fan of Ogawa, but the fact that he now has a long leather jacket just excited fans a lot. With uh, Kotogi attacking before the bell. So Kotogi attacks Ogawa before the bell. He might have prolonged the inevitable, but the inevitable came with his knee being attacked by Ogawa, as I pointed out on the last episode. I said maybe Katogi needs to consider taking this show off. And here, you know, he came out on fire and attacked before the bell, but again had that left knee worked over once again. Something that he's really, I think, going to find very troublesome when Chris Ridgway comes in here to team with Ogawa. I think that's going to be very interesting. Um, as fans said, was left in a bad way. So there you go. Katogi left in a bad way. Yohei, it seems, has picked up a slight injury, whether by accident or stinger design, to his wrist, but is looking on the bright side about it. The match was won by Katogi pinning Yano and Yohei covering Ogawa. So both guys are supposedly hurt, but as you see the image here, both members of Stinger, Yano and Ogo, were covered for the pin in that matchup. So, hey, I guess their injuries didn't hold them down there, did it? Non-title match feuds include Kotoro Suzuki defeating Yuya Susumu with a Tiger Driver and saying a pathetic guy like you could never defeat me, and interesting how versus Niho development. So, Suzuki in a pre-match, a uh, tag match with, with Yuya Susumu in it, just defeated Susuma and called him pathetic and said he could never defeat him. If you go back to my preview of that match, you'll hear what I have to say about that. And it's very similar to that, although nowhere near as strong. Um, How and Niho, the match has now become a loser, loses both their name and their hair. 
Niho, who had failed to defeat Howe in any of the pre-matches, added a further condition to the match at Sumu Hall on the 29th. That's the show we previewed in earlier. The loser would not just lose his name in shame, he would also lose his hair as well. Howe said the stipulation to lose your name would be enough, but if Niho also wanted to bet hair as well, he would do it. So now you have a, another stipulation on that matchup between these guys. You not only lose your name, if you lose this match, you're going to get your head shaved. Just adds to the excitement of the match. If you ask me, who's going to walk out with a no name and a bald head? Now look at this here, folks. I'm excited for this. I'm, I haven't previewed this show yet. Again, that's next week. Here's a little, we're going to cheat a little bit here. I'm not going to pick a winner on this segment. This is the news segment, not the preview segment. But here, Majestic 2022 on April 30th. Look, Masakatsu Funaki has had trouble finding challengers for this title. He has. I mean, Hideki Suzuki challenged him and got beat. And he's actually teased his own faction, his own unit member, Manabu Soya, to maybe step up and challenge him. But here we got Simon Gotch coming in. Now, uh, I was not a fan of Simon Gotch in WWE because I'm just not a WWE fan and don't watch it. The little bit I saw of him, it was a goofy gimmick. I didn't like what he was doing there. But since leaving the WWE, Simon Gotch has appeared for Major League Wrestling, MLW. He's appeared for Bloodsport. He's appeared for several companies in a very serious catch-style wrestling promotion. I mean, that's how he promotes himself. That's his new gimmick, if you will. He's a shoot fighter. So this is great. I think this is a very strong match. Simon Gotch will challenge Masakatsu Fanaki for the GHC national title at Sumu Hall Heavyweight Night Majestic 2022 on the 30th of April. That is going to be a great match. Again, we will review and predict that next week, but great stuff. Great stuff. X. Who are we talking about when we talk about X? Noah has announced that Naomichi Marafuji will bring a mystery partner to Sumu Hall to face Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura on the 30th of April. Marafuji says he does not know who it is either. Well, that's strange. Pro Wrestling DX, I don't know who that is, have called this person the biggest in the history of X. The biggest name in the history of mystery wrestlers. Good lord, who could that be? Fans are speculating that this could be Kenta of New Japan Pro Wrestling, who posted he was getting on a plane recently. It could be Jun Akihama from DDT, formerly of All Japan. It could be Kota Ibushi, uh, formerly or currently of New Japan. It could be Eddie Edwards of Impact Wrestling, or even Takeshi Morishima. Uh, I don't know. My strongest guess here is Kenta, although I'll talk more about that when we preview the show next week. Um, some of these other picks are interesting. Eddie Edwards, but, but all of these would be interesting. I'm not a big fan of Kota Ibushi. I just think Kota Ibushi overdoes things. I'll leave it at that. But we'll talk more about this next when we preview this matchup. But whoever Wrestling DX is saying this is the biggest mystery wrestler in the history of mystery wrestlers, I'll try to look into that more by next week when we preview the April 30th show. Uh, some of the stuff Hisami uh, has posted on her website are event recaps and post-match promos from Real Overture 2022 in Nagata. Uh, 
the one the show we reviewed at the beginning is of this. She has event recaps posted. She has backstage interviews interpreted there for you to check out. So check out Hisami's page at puroprogramstranslations.blogspot.com. Again, always linked in the description of this video and at wrestlingdoneright.com. Click on the little image that says Noah Archive. Elsewhere in Noah, news throughout Noah, Mohammed Yone did some social outreach for Noah in tackling fraud. He, he, I saw a picture on Twitter where he was dressed in some kind of government-looking outfit where he's helping track down people who commit fraud. I'm guessing like credit card fraud and stuff like that. On April 23rd, Noah will hold a meet-and-greet event before Sumu Hall in which King Tani will hold a talk to try and solve people's problems. It's interesting. Uh, you just know this is going to get crashed by Kendu Kashin. Yu Yu Susuma appears to be the only member of Stinger taking part in the meet and greet. Kind of a bummer for those going to the meet and greet. Only one member of Stinger showing up. The Leave, Noah's long-term sponsors, have filmed a couple of new advertisements. One of them appears to be one of them appears to take place at the Noah Dojo and features Noah's uncles, Akira Tau and Takashi Kawada. Okay, some advertisements featuring some wrestlers. Let's take a look at the current champions of pro wrestling. Noah, the GHC heavyweight champion, Kazuyuki Fujita. His next challenger, of course, is Goji Ozaki at Sumu Hall on April 30th. Again, we will preview that show next week. The GHC junior champion is Eita of Paris de Mal de Japon. His next challenger, of course, is Hayata on the 29th. The GHC heavyweight tag team champions are the Segura Army, Takashi Segura and Hideki Suzuki. And their challengers are Congo members Keno and Katsuhiku Nakajima. Huge match. The GHC junior tag champions are the Noah Jr. regulars, Katogi and Yohei. Their next challengers are Stingers, Yoshinori Ogawa, and the returning Chris Ridgway. The GHC national champion is Masakatsu Funaki. His next challenger on April 30th is Simon Gotch. Okay, there you see some schedules, and Noah just talks about the April 29th show and the April 30th show. And there's a little note about how you can watch, which one of these shows is it? I believe it's the April 20th, yeah, the April 29th, and Innovation, Majestic 2022 show. You can watch for free. Uh, at Abema, A-B-E-M-A, Japanese TV, for free, but you have to watch it live. You can order an on-demand service from Abema, but it's really not worth it. Most people outside Japan, it will not work. On-demand live will work. On-demand will not. It does for me. I've thrown that out there before. I, I don't know why it works for me. They must like me. Um, I don't need to watch it live. I've wrestled Universe to watch it whenever I want. And so... Hisami does not suggest subscribing to Abima if you're outside Japan. That's what she's saying there in that note. But you can, 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 absolutely can watch it live if you don't have Wrestle Universe, which I don't know if you like Pro Wrestling Noah, why you wouldn't have Wrestle Universe. But if you don't, you can watch it live on the 29th. It starts at 1700, I believe that's 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Convert it to wherever you are. Um, and finally, Hisami has some links to some stuff on her page. Again, you know the type of stuff Hisami does. We've gone over it before. Uh, all kinds of articles, all kinds of coverage, all kinds of news, all kinds of interpretations of, of interviews. Just great stuff at Noah's Archive, linked in the description of this video, and at WrestlingDoneRight.com. 
checkwrestlingdoneright.com out for every link you'll need as a non-Japanese speaking pro wrestling Noah fan that will help you out in every way possible. That's the show this week, folks. I think it was a little shorter. We only reviewed one show, previewed one show, and did the news. But we want to save something for next week, and that'll be the April 30th preview. Thanks for joining me again. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the channel. Okay, I just need subscribers so YouTube will push the show to the forefront and show up on pages that people can more easily access than having to search Pro Wrestling Noah or Mount Ararat Podcast or Wrestling Done Right or what have you. I just really appreciate it. Uh, and it's for Pro Wrestling Noah. I want to put Pro Wrestling Noah out there on the front of YouTube where it deserves to be with all the other wrestling shows. And you could help me out in doing that by simply subscribing to the channel, liking the video, sharing the videos, ring that bell for notification. And until next week, I will talk to you guys later. I am Adam Lavelle of the Noah Network. Thank you for joining us again this week for Mount Ararat Podcast, episode 10. We're in double digits, guys. Pretty cool, right? See you guys around. Oh, yeah. Keep on dancing,